Hello and welcome back to another Real With Ryan podcast interview. Today, I have the pleasure of sitting down with Elizabeth Salazar. Liz is a friend, a entrepreneur, a photographer, a great storyteller, and just a really awesome person. In today's conversation, we talk about her photography business, how she started and her growing love of photography, how she took it from an interest to a hobby to a passion and all the way through to a career. We'll talk about that journey, some of the fun shoots along the way, such as nude photography shoots and women's empowerment. And of course, we'll talk about her process and how she gets done the things she gets done while staying happy and sane through it all. It was a fantastic conversation, and Liz is full of wisdom, as you will soon hear, and I know you will enjoy this conversation just as much as I did. But without further ado, here's the conversation with Elizabeth Salazar. Thank you for taking the time to listen to my good friend here, Liz Salazar. Uh, If you didn't hear or couldn't tell from the intro, she is a, a friend, a photographer, an entrepreneur in, in Northwest Arkansas and just a overall awesome person. And I can't wait to learn about Liz's story today. I know we have a lot to talk about and we're going to get into a lot of good stuff. But Liz, I'm going to kind of turn over the table to you pretty quickly and wanted to pick your brain about some nude shoots. So For those of you who don't know Liz, we'll have her Instagram and her business links uh, for for her photo shoots available so you can go and look at all these shoots. But Liz, you've done what seems to be quite a few nude shoots. So I wanted to start off and just ask about one, are there any particularly crazy nude shoots that you've done or what is it even like to work with a couple or an individual who is looking to take their photos in a nude setting? (laughs) Hi. Yes, I have done a few sessions uh, where they are completely nude and it is a different experience than just your regular photo shoot. Um, Mm -hmm. They are really fun. And the ones that I have done have been, I don't know how to explain it, but like you can tell like that's who those clients are mm-hmm. um, because that's what they requested. That's what they wanted to do. Uh, but some of the ones that have been like crazy, um, we uh, I ordered some unicorn masks uh, <laughs> off of Amazon. And so we started out the shoot normal mm-hmm. uh, dressed and then we slowly started getting undressed and we put the unicorn masks on um, and I had them running around the field um, oh, man. naked and it was really fun and awkward. Um, but I think it being so awkward is what made it so fun because we couldn't mm-hmm. stop laughing the entire time. And another one that I've done, it's been like, we go to these places that aren't like filled with people, obviously. Um, mm-hmm. And, I don't know. They just, (laughs) they're interesting, but they're so fun to do. Mm -hmm. And after a while, we're just hanging out and chatting and taking (laughs) photos and just, you know, chilling. And yeah, Yeah. (laughs) like, I don't know, like how else to like talk about him, but. No, letting it all hang out. That is awesome. And so, you know, when you've done nude shoots in the past, it, it really is kind of, the clients that are reaching out and saying, Hey, Liz, we, we love your work, but honestly, we want to do this naked. Is that, is that <laughs> kind of how it goes down? So the very first one that I did, I was inspired by one of my favorite photographers, um, who is based out of LA. Um, and so I reached out to find a couple who was willing to do it and mm-hmm. they loved it. It was so much fun. And then after, um, I shared those. Then I had people reach out to me saying that this is something that they want to do, that they've wanted to try, but have never had like the courage to or found someone that would do it. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, well, yeah, let's do it. Why not? Like, let's have a good time. And we'll buy pizza. We'll eat pizza together. We'll have a glass of wine together before 
Um, and then I'll take some music and play music. So that way we feel good together. We're comfortable around each other. Um, mm. but yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. And what, so was it your idea to bring the unicorn masks to that shoot? Just the, the image of, <laughs> of you with your, your camera watching two naked people run around a field in unicorn masks is the most hilarious thing I've, I've heard of. Like, yes, that, so it, that is so funny. So that shoot, there was actually another photographer there with me and it was my friend. Mm-hmm. And, um, the couple was just, they were so down for anything. So I was like, or I think, I think it was me, but I was like, we should like order some cool masks or something, mm-hmm. uh, just to add more character to the photos. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I ordered them. I still have them, but I ordered them, uh, off Amazon. They got here and they made the photos even more fun. Yeah then they were going to, going to end up being. And then we also had them pop champagne while they mm-hmm. were naked and drink it together. And <laughs> yeah. Uh, that sounds like a blast, a blast. And and definitely, um, I'm, I'm assuming there's some version of, of those photos that can be found on either your website or Instagram, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. So we'll, like I said, we'll, we'll make sure to have um, you know, photos and Liz's Instagram and, and her business site uh, link. So you can see all the great work that you've been doing. Um, you know, you, you mentioned, hey, people are running around in a field. Obviously, it's not like a city park for the nude <laughs> right. shoots. Does um, one thing that's popping in my mind is, is how have you found these places to shoot? You know, I know that the nude shoots probably a little different, but are are you all around Northwest Arkansas at this point looking for places to shoot or do you have like one spot you go to again and again and again? How does that work? How did you find the places to shoot? Um, now, since I've been doing it for a while now, I do have like my favorite spots to go to that I know will be pretty, that I know will look good during a certain time of year or that I know are like less populated and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. But a part of my job is literally driving around. Um, I will drive around Rogers. I will go to Bentonville and drive around. And then um, Springdale, there are a few spots there already that I know of. So I don't drive around much there. But Fateville, Mm -hmm. I'll also just drive around all over Fateville um, looking for places that look cool and that I Mm -hmm. feel like make for really good backdrops. And sometimes they're really questionable. And I'll have some clients kind of be iffy on it. And I'm like, I promise it's going to look good. Uh Like, I know it looks weird, but I promise it's going to look good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. As, as someone who's been around the area a lot, um, I feel like I've found a whole bunch of hidden gems, um, just some beautiful places in Northwest Arkansas. Uh, Mm -hmm. But I was curious if, yeah, so it sounds like a little bit of adventuring and driving is just kind of part of the job these days. Yeah, um, it is. And I'll be driving around going to run errands and I'll spot something and be like, well, that looks mm-hmm. cool. Like, yeah. and then I'll pin drop it so that I can save it. And go oh, back wow. Mm-hmm. Oh, your, um, your, your, your maps has got to be just a, a secret, a, a gem of just little <laughs> hiding sp- places within Northwest Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's, that's awesome. So, you know, we'll, we'll definitely, get back to some of the work you're doing now, some of the shoots you're doing now. Um, a question before I do though, are, do you have your camera on you at all times? Is that like, you know, most people have their phone keys, wallet, etc. Is it phone yeah. keys, wallet and camera? Or do you <laughs> kind of reserve the camera, the photography equipment for the shoots specifically? Is it is it a part of your daily kit these days? No, it is not. It mm-hmm. used to be, I used to carry it with me everywhere because I wanted to take pictures and I wanted the pictures to look good and pretty. Mm-hmm. But, um, ever since going full time, I have learned to kind of mm. set a boundary be- between work and like personal time off. And mm-hmm. I still take pictures, a lot of pictures, but I will take them on my phone. Yeah. Um, because carrying it around, First, it gets heavy, and second, I don't want to risk it getting damaged when that is 
my entire work yeah. unit equipment that I need for work. Yeah. Yeah. For um, the the people out there who might kind of geek out about some of this stuff, do you want to give just a quick rundown over your main camera or, or lens or equipment uh, just to give people uh, who are interested and in, in kind of following in your footsteps a, a glimpse of the, the gear you use? Yeah. So I shoot Canon and I, my main body is mirrorless. It's a Canon R6. Um, and I usually always, always, always have a Sigma 35, uh, prime lens on. Okay. And that is my favorite lens to shoot with, but every now and then I will switch out and I always carry an 85 lens with me. Mm -hmm. Um, and then a 24 to 70. And then as my backup camera, I have a Canon 5D Mark III as my backup. Gotcha. Awesome. Yeah. I, I know there will be people that are going to nerd out and want to really get in and see how you're coming up with all these photos. So that's great. Yeah. Um, and then I'll use, like, I carry, like, in my bag, I'll carry... Um, I've bought, like, some filters that you apply onto the lens and it'll, like make it look hazy or it'll haze out light. Um, sometimes I carry Ziploc bags in my bag. Cause if I put mm -hmm. that around the lens, it'll give it like a, like a dreamy effect. Um, mm. I carry like little things like that with me gotcha. as well. Perfect. Well, cool. So, um, well, like I said, we'll, we'll come back and, and kind of talk about some of the shoots and, and things you're doing for work now. Um, but one of the things I, I wanted to ask you about is, how did this journey into photography kind of begin? Um, so I know, you know, for, for those of you listening, Liz and I went to the same high school together, uh, Rogers Mounties. Uh, so we yes. bleed blue. Um, <laughs> I didn't, unfortunately, I didn't know you too well at the time, but could you tell a little bit about when you first found photography? Was it something that you were gifted your first camera or, you know, when did you first perhaps take a photo or realize that this was something you were interested in? Um, I, so I did get gifted a camera when I was in middle school mm -hmm. and it was just a little point and shoot and I still have it. It doesn't work anymore, but I still have it. Mm -hmm. And I would carry that thing around with me everywhere. I always had it on me. Um, but I wouldn't say that that's when I felt like I found that I liked photography. It wasn't until I was in high school and Visco came out. Oh yeah. And so I would take pictures on my phone and then I would edit them. And I thought it was so fun and I would do it all the time. And then my stepdad bought a camera for himself just cause he wanted to take pictures when we went on vacation and stuff. And I ended up taking the pictures. Uh, we would go to Eureka Springs and I would just take mm -hmm. pictures of them and us and whatever we were looking at. And um, I ended up just completely taking over the camera. I would take it from him and I would shoot in the backyard at my mom's house. Uh -huh. And I would ask my cousin to come over and I would just take pictures just for fun. Mm -hmm. And then um, I was in yearbook I think it was my senior year or junior year. I can't remember, but I started taking pictures for yearbook mm -hmm. and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is so fun. Um, but I never thought anything of it until after graduation, I felt really lost. I didn't know what I wanted to do in life. I didn't know what I was passionate about. And I kept seeing everyone going to college and knowing what they wanted to study and knowing what they wanted to do in their life. And I was at a complete loss. I didn't know what I wanted to do. And there was one thing that I was like, well, I like to take pictures. So I'm just going to keep taking pictures. Mm -hmm. And my mom went and bought me my first camera at Best Buy. And um, so I started taking pictures and started offering free sessions for people just for fun. Oh, really? And then it just like kind of snowballed and people started coming to me and then asking how much I charged. And then I was like, well, is this something that I could actually do or is this going to like remain a hobby? Um, mm -hmm. But yeah, that was, that was the beginning of it. 
Wow. So, you know, it really just started with your family camera, right? Mm -hmm. Your your stepdad's camera. You were you're grabbing it from the family, being the the in-house family photographer on your trips. Mm -hmm. Uh that's that's really cool. And um and I assume so this is a question I had. So you know, it sounds like you were kind of gravitating towards photography, some as, you know, a little bit younger within middle school and high school, but it wasn't, if, I, if I'm understanding correctly, it wasn't like love at first sight, right? So you took your first photo and it's like, this is what I am here to do. I'm, I'm meant to do it. It feels like it's something that kind of grew on you, right? Or was it, was it pretty much off the bat? You're like, no, this is pretty badass. I, I'm liking this. I mean, I knew I loved it. Like I knew mm -hmm. I enjoyed doing it, but I didn't think that I would enjoy doing it as a career. I, well, I gotcha. didn't even think that was possible. Yeah. Yeah. As a career. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and I, I didn't realize that too. You, uh, you offered free sessions mm -hmm. for people and that's kind of how you, how you got started. And, um, you know, for those of you listening, uh, Liz was also one of my first dog training clients as well. And so, you know, I got to work with, with, uh, Liz's dog, Ollie, um, and we worked on, on training him and she was one of my first clients. And that's back when I was essentially offering free dog training sessions too. They weren't totally free, but I think I would charge $20 or something like that for an hour's worth of dog training. And yeah. Liz and uh, Liz and Oscar, I think her, her boyfriend at the time, uh, were so generous. And I would go and, and train with them for an hour. And because I think Liz was doing photography, understood mm -hmm. the work and would, would pay me double. And so I think it was the same kind of real, realization that I had was just like, man, I'm, I kind of like training dogs. I'm doing it for free a little bit. Maybe I could actually start a business from it. Mm -hmm. Um, which is cool. Um, one thing, you know, you mentioned, so you, it sounds like whether it is through your family or, you know, shoots within yearbook or kind of shoots, uh, for free as you began to do, you know, commission type work, it's always been, it seems like it's always been kind of people centric. Have you mm -hmm. ever kind of dabbled with, different forms of photography, like scenic photography. Um, and, and sorry if I, I, I don't really know all the categories, but it seems like there's been an interest in, in using people and humans as the subject. Is, is that true? Or have you ever dabbled with different types of photography? I have. <clears throat> I've tried product photography. I've tried landscape photography. Um, and I do not find the same... Um, passion that I have in photographing people. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was actually, I had a meeting this morning with a potential client and on my drive home, I was thinking about that. Um, so funny that you asked that, but I like my favorite, one of my favorite parts of the job is the people mm -hmm. getting to know people, asking them all about their lives and their story and, learning why they want to get it photographed or how they want to get it photographed, how they want their story mm -hmm. to be told. Um, and I just don't like, you don't get that with product photography or landscape. And there are so many talented photographers in the area that do like um, do that kind of photography. And they specialize in that kind of photography that I'm mm -hmm. like, I'm going to let them do their job, their work because mm -hmm. they're great at it. And I'm going to stick to what I know I love to do, which is people, yeah. people. Yeah, that's, that's great. And, um, you know, I did want to ask a little bit. So whenever you started to give free sessions, was there, you know, it sounds like it was something that just kind of slowly evolved over time. Do you remember some of those first free shoots that you did and, and how those went? I, I assume that was with, you know, mostly friends, but could you tell us a little bit about perhaps some of those first initial shoots, if you happen to remember them? Yeah. So I remember the first shoot that I did when I, when my mom bought me my camera and when I decided I want to give this a shot. 
-hmm. We did it in my dad's backyard because that's where I was living at the moment. And she was someone that my cousin worked with. And I was like, I just want to find a model who will do this idea. And we covered her in paint and glitter. And we did this whole like... um, we even gave her a cigarette cause she smoked. Um, and so I was like, yeah, just smoke your cigarette while I take your pictures. We're going to throw paint and glitter on you. And that's oh, man. Too. so that was the very first one. And then, uh, it was lots of fun. I still love yeah. those pictures. And then the other one that I did was, um, it was like a, I don't know if they were like a band, but they like, I don't know what to call them. They were like rappers, but they like Mm -hmm. were like working together. And I had posted on Facebook saying that I was looking for people to just model for me to build my portfolio up. And they hit me up and they were like, oh, we need pictures for like our cover photos or whatnot. And they knew how to get up on a rooftop in Rogers. And I was like, hell yeah, let's do this. And so we went up there and I took their pictures and yeah, it was fun. It was awesome. That's so cool. That's so cool. I, you know, when, when you were, uh, you know, saying how you were kind of tiptoeing into giving free sessions and stuff, you know, I just kind of assumed that it might be, you know, headshots or just some basically simple photography shoots, but no, you straight up covered people in paint and glitter. You went all out. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. When, um, so as, so those, that's kind of the origin stories, great stories, by the way, sounds like really fun shoots. How did you start to kind of move that forward into, you know, charging people, getting more shoots? Did, did people come and start asking for shoots pretty organically or, you know, did you do have a lot of focus on posting those on social media kind of? How was that? How did it go from something you're you're interested in trying it out, giving free shoots to beginning to charge people for that? Um, I I did a lot of free shoots at first, and that was what really got started getting my name out there because they like the people would post the pictures, mm-hmm. and that people would ask, "Oh, who took these pictures?" And so they would send them my way, and they would start asking, "How much do you charge?" And Mm. so at that point I was like, Oh, like they're willing to pay me. Mm -hmm. I'll charge them $50, you know, just to start. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, so it just went like that and it was a lot of word of mouth and then it was a lot of, uh, social media. So I was posting Mm -hmm. and I, at that time I would follow a lot of photographers who inspired me and who, um, would give tips on how to grow your business. And again, at that time, I wasn't even thinking of making it like a business, but I just wanted to get more clients. I wanted to shoot more. And Mm -hmm. one of the tips that one of the photographers I followed said was always look busy, always look like you have things in your portfolio. So I made sure that I was shooting enough to have a different photo every single day to post on social media. So it was a lot of work to start with, but I felt like I was thriving. Like I had finally found what I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. And then just people just started asking. And then I eventually got my first like wedding inquiry and I got paid $80 for that first wedding. That I did. $80 for a wedding. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And I was there for 12 hours. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, that is that's crazy. But I assume more weddings came after people saw those photos there, right? Yes, it, yeah. we I had to start somewhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's really cool. And that's, you know, that that's an awesome story about one, finding something that you're just passionate about. So taking photos and photography, like it, it sounds like it wasn't something that, you know, was like, I want to get rich taking photos or I want to, I want to start my own business. It's like straight up. I just really like taking photos and photography. So I'm going to just do more of that. And through your love for that, and then your love for people, like those two things kind of started to come hand in hand and, and people are coming to you for photos. 
And then, of course, you know, with the the entrepreneur's journey, and I've done this myself, is you start off super undervaluing your time and stuff, and are just like, shoot, I I basically was doing this for free, so now I'm doing it for eighty bucks. That that's just money on top. That's gravy. So, yeah. and then you know now. So you, you started, you know, getting more shoots, you know, shot your first wedding, people are getting, you know, word of mouth, you're getting out there, getting more clients. Um, there's kind of two questions that I have. Yeah. One is, when did you feel like you kind of made the step from this just being, you know, a, a side hustle or something you're kind of interested and passionate in to something that is taking all of your focus when did you feel like this actually became a business or kind of the alternative question is i I assume you did have another job or something that you were working at what was the point in which you decided to step away from the job or perhaps safety net that you had and really just dive into this um, as your full-time career Um, so it's fairly recent. Um, so I've been doing photography since 2015, so about seven years now. Um, but I didn't decide to go full time until, uh, May of 2021. That's when I put in my two weeks Wow. and decided to take it full time. And I feel like it was overdue. Mm. I should have done it way before that. Um, Mm -hmm. but I was terrified too. I was scared too. Yeah. Yeah. So it took, it took a lot for me to do it. And it took a lot of convincing from like Oscar and my friends, Mm -hmm. my family. It was getting to the point where I wasn't waking up excited and happy anymore. It was getting to the point where it was like, okay, I need to slow down. I can't take Mm -hmm. on any more clients. I can't do that. And so like, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to give that up. Mm hmm. Um, and so I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. If, if I fail, I fail, I'll get another job. If yeah, if I don't, then I don't. And I'm doing what I actually want to do as a career. Mm-hmm. Well, it sounds like, I mean, taking that leap is just so terrifying and knowing that you're working completely for yourself and that the weight of everything is, is on your own shoulders. Like that yeah. is such a terrifying jump that uh, most people I don't think end up making. And, you know, myself included, I'm doing some stuff on the side, but I still have a full-time job. So I have yet to make a a jump like that. So uh, props to you for for being able to do that. That is, that's amazing. Um, You know, kind of one question, I I have some more questions about, um, you know, kind of where you've gone since that leap. Um, but I wanted to ask a little bit about, um, perhaps some of the stuff behind the scenes. So when it comes to your website or social media, or, you know, just booking and managing clients to editing, how much of your time goes into the stuff behind the scenes? So I think a lot of people might imagine, Hey, once you become a photographer, you're taking photos all the time, which I imagine is definitely the the best part of the job, but actually so much goes behind the scenes into getting clients out and ready to take the photos. And then you have to do things like post-production and edit them and share those photos and, and have them reviewed. So could you just take a moment and speak to kind of what it looks like to manage things behind the scene? Like what are all the things that go into setting up a good shoot? Um, that's a great question. And I feel like that's a question that doesn't get asked enough because mm-hmm. when people think of full-time photographers, they're like, oh, you have it easy. You go and take pictures and then you're done. Mm-hmm. Um, it's actually a lot, a lot, a lot of work. So I have to answer emails every single day and I love answering emails because I'm getting, you know, more clients. I'm getting to know people. Um, so answering emails, um, I have to make sure that I'm getting enough information 
uh, from them to know if we're a good fit, if we can work well together, if I'm available. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I also have questionnaires that I have made that I send out my clients, depending on the type of session or if it's a wedding. Um, I also have meetings a lot Mm -hmm. with clients and we'll have Zoom meetings or I'll go out to meet them somewhere um, and we'll discuss the vision for their shoot and how they want to go about it or if it's their wedding, um, the timeline of the day. Um, And then I have to make sure that all of my gear is charged and that it's up to date Mm -hmm. and that it's updated and taken care of and um, making sure that all my SD cards are still in good shape. And if not, I need to go buy some more, making sure that all of the photos and stuff are backed up, Mm. triple backed up, like making sure everything is safe. Um, And then I have to go and drive around and find the perfect location for each uh, client. And then I have to email them or text them the locations and these ideas that I have and see if they're okay with it. And then Mm -hmm. we go and actually do the shoot um which will be anywhere from 30 minutes to two hours um uh, depending on the package that they want and then i have to go home and import everything um Mm -hmm. making sure that it's back that that is also backed up three times and then i have to sit there and call through all of the photos which calling is like basically picking out all of the good ones Mm -hmm. and then i will edit sneaks um because I'm a very impatient person and I'm sure that there are people out there who are also impatient and I know that they want to see their photos. So I'll try to edit sneaks as quickly as I can, um, upload them onto a gallery and send them out to them. And then I just have to sit there and edit the rest of the gallery and then I'll upload it all and then deliver it to them. That's yeah. kind of like the process for each oh, That That is wild that's wild i mean and and i i think you're so right i think so many people and like myself included like i'm i'm guilty of this of seeing the end result and kind of seeing a photographer out taking the photos and just thinking oh that's that's easy that's awesome that's just all fun you know you're just out there with a client taking photos and then your job's done then you just put them on instagram and it's all done but yeah, thanks for shedding light on just how much of a process that is. And, you know, that speaks to, you know, how valuable, you know, photographers' times are. And really, lots of creatives and artists, mm-hmm. you know, lots of people, I, I, I think, and in, in myself included, might reach out for a photo shoot and then see initial price tags and be like, oh, I this is a lot more expensive than I expected. Well, there's a reason, there's a reason why. And it's because there's so much work that goes into it. It's a Um, lot of work. And then also like, I didn't even talk about like the keeping up of websites and mm -hmm. making sure that my social medias are up to date. Uh, Cause nowadays, like your Instagram is kind of like your portfolio. Like that's what people Mm -hmm. go to look at. Um, And then also how expensive equipment and gear and programs are. Uh, so it's totally understandable. Photographers are expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you really like, like if you were to follow one in a day, you would kind of understand why. Um, yeah. Especially like when it comes to wedding photography, I spent six hours yesterday calling through one wedding and that was just wow. like organizing through them. So yeah. I, didn't, I haven't even gotten to the part where I have to edit sneaks and that's mm-hmm. like another few hours. And so it, it's, it's a process yeah. for sure. Yeah. So, man, I've got a handful of questions you sparked there. Um, The first one that I'll ask is what does, you know, there's, there's probably two different ways I can ask this. Uh, What does the perfect kind of work day look like for you? So just a day where you're on it, you feel good, you're getting your work done. What what does that perfect kind of day look like for you now that you are, you know, an entrepreneur and kind of have the ability to set your own schedule and, and stuff? So do you do you have kind of like what a perfect day looks like? Or yes, yeah, so I am a very like routine person. I love routines. I love to know what's next and like things like that. And so I when I first went full-time, it was really, really hard 
to find a routine and to adjust to it. Um, but I've finally nailed one down and I've gotten the hang of it. Um, a lot of the job is sitting down at a desk, staring at a screen. Mm. So I have to, the very first thing that I do in the mornings is I have to go walk my dogs. I have mm-hmm. to just like prepare myself for the day. If I don't get a walk in, I feel lazy. I feel like I can't focus. Like I can't get any work done. Um, so the first thing I like to do is go walk my dogs. I will come back, make some breakfast and it kind of varies. The morning will kind of vary depending on like how many sessions I have that week or next week. Mm -hmm. Um, but sometimes right after my walk, instead of going, coming to have breakfast, I'll start driving around and scouting for locations Mm -hmm. for that week. Yeah. Um, so I'll scout, maybe I'll pick up some Starbucks on the way back home. I'll come home. I will feed the dogs and I will sit down and I'll start answering all emails. Mm-hmm. I'll make sure that all of the emails are answered, um, making sure that like, cause I can, I get, I can get emails straight to my Gmail or I can get it like through my website. So I have to make mm-hmm. sure that all of those are answered and then I will open Lightroom up. And, um, if I had to shoot the night before mm-hmm. I'll start importing photos and then yeah. I'll start calling. So I'll do that until about, I don't know, like three or four in the after in the afternoon, evening. Wow. Um, and then I will make sure that my batteries are charged and I have all of my SD cards. And if I have a shoot, I will take off until I have to leave for the shoot. So I'll go watch some TV or be on my mm-hmm. phone or do something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'll drive to my shoot and then have a shoot and then I'll come home and I will not touch work again after a shoot. I will take the wow. rest of the evening off um, unless I absolutely have to. So before I would come home and immediately start importing and backing up mm-hmm. and I wouldn't get done until really late. And then I didn't have any time to spend with Oscar, my dogs and stuff. And so now after a shoot, I come home and my day is done. I put yeah. everything in my office and then I'll get to it in the morning. Uh, but that's like my favorite everyday type of routine mm-hmm. um, because I feel like I get enough work done in a day um, while still having my time off in mm-hmm. the evening. Yeah. And you can sustain that, right? Mm-hmm. Do that kind of day in, day out. That's that's super cool. Um, do you mind I ask what time you get up in the morning? Like when does the dog walk typically <laughs> happen? Uh, well, in the summer, it has to be around like 7 or 7.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. So it has to be pretty early just because it gets really hot. But right now, once it starts cooling down, I won't get out there until like 8.30 or 9. Gotcha. gotcha. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, I've, I've always been, I, I always like wonder to myself, like if I didn't have to get up for work, like when would I actually get my ass out of bed? So, but it yeah. sounds like, that sounds like an awesome routine that you've been able to do. Um, kind of a, a follow-up question to that, and it sounds like, you know, over the last kind of year or two or, or um, you know, as this business has evolved, you found great, like you mentioned, boundaries to set between work and then the rest of your life and being able to relax. Um, you know, is, is the best way you found for that kind of with that schedule and having just hey, this is the time I'm going to be working. And then this is the time I'm going to be spending with my dogs and, and Oscar and the rest of your family or having fun, as well as like, you know, what do Saturdays and Sundays look like? Do you have days off or is every day a work day? How have you managed to find the boundary between, you know, work and play? Yes. Yeah, so it's, it's hard. I feel like it's hard because when you are like your own boss, you run your own business, you are constantly on mm-hmm. work. Like it, it doesn't, you'll get emails at crazy times of the night. You'll get texts. And before I felt like I had to answer right away, mm-hmm. but I have set office hours for myself and oh. it is on my website. It is on my guides it is everywhere that people need to look at to know when they should expect a response back from me or any type of work stuff back from me mm-hmm. um, to kind of help with that. So 
anytime past 6 p.m. I'm not answering emails. I'm not even if it's a text, I will not read that text so that I remember to answer it in the morning. Yeah. Uh, once I'm back in office hours. So Saturdays are my busiest day of the week. So I'm mm-hmm. I always work Saturdays. I hardly ever get a Saturday off. Um, but I have set days of the week off. So mm-hmm. I don't work Sundays and I don't work most Mondays. Uh, those gotcha. are the two days that I consider my weekends because Sundays is when Oscar's off, all of my family's off, most of my friends are off. Those are the, really the only days that I can really spend time with them. Mm-hmm. I will only work Sundays if um, we needed to reschedule because of weather and that's the only other day we can do, mm-hmm. then I will do it. Um, or if there's a wedding and I don't have enough weddings for the month and I know I need the income, then I will take a Sunday wedding. Yeah. Um, but most of the time, Sundays and Mondays are the days that I don't want to do anything. Those are my days yeah. off. <laughs> that's, that's cool to hear. I, you know, it, it's just so crazy to hear all the stuff that goes into being your own boss and, and having a business like this, you know, I, I think lots of people, you know, dream of being an entrepreneur and forget about everything that goes into it. And some people can overwork themselves and don't find that, that balance because it's, you know, it's not something that you can just, you can burn yourself out if you work every day of the week and are just going and going and going. And I feel like any great entrepreneur in business finds that balance so they can do something over a long period of time and still be able to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I, no, I've got, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, I was just going to say, uh, that's another like important topic is like the burnout because I did that to myself. I've been through that. Um, and I've had to learn that my clients at the end of the day, my clients are still going to be there, whether I answer Mm -hmm. right away or three hours from now or the next morning, they're still going to be there. Um, and I've heard horror stories where other clients see their photographer out at the movies and, or out shopping. And they're like, why aren't you working on my photos? Thankfully, I haven't had those type of clients. (laughs) I feel like my clients understand that I also have a life and I also have things going on in my life. And um, I'm thankful that I have such understanding clients, but that's another topic that comes up with between photographers a lot. Like just because I'm off that day doesn't mean I'm free that day for work. Mm, Yeah. Um, Because if I shoot every day during busy season, I tend to shoot every day, like during the fall. Um, And I try to give myself at least one day off during the week because I need it to recharge. If not, Mm -hmm. I am burnt out. I get super tired. Um, But that I feel like it's easy to do that to burn yourself out. But then if you're if you're doing that, if you're burning yourself out, you're not giving your clients the best Mm. experience that you could be. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's a really great point. Um, Kind of a, a follow up question on that and and you might not have an answer this is this is probably one of the burning questions we all are trying to answer is if you are currently in a week or a season where you don't have as much energy or just aren't feeling as motivated perhaps feeling a little burnt out are there ways that you've kind of been able to pull yourself out of seasons like that is you know adding more breaks into the schedule or doing something special for yourself or with oscar have you found any tips or tricks or tools that can help you know lift your spirits or pull yourself kind of out of you know a season where you're experiencing lower energy or or more burnout uh yes and this is something that i just like within the past year have started to implement is um, there are a lot of resources out there that I can take advantage of. And I have decided to hire out some of my job. Mm. So I have, whenever I get super busy Mm -hmm. and super overwhelmed, I decide to hire out an editor. So I will have an editor who edits for me and I have to, approve everything before it gets delivered and I have to Mm -hmm. 
check everything. So it's still, I still have to do part of the job, but it relieves a bunch of stress from me Yeah. when I know that I'm going to be shooting a lot during the week that I don't have to be as stressed about, oh, I need to finish this gallery by this day. Like I have somebody taking care of that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes I will take a longer, slower morning where Mm -hmm. I'll make a cup of coffee and I'll sit down and watch a movie before I start looking at emails. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes I feel really guilty. And it's a conversation that I have with a lot of my friends who are also in the industry. It is so easy to feel guilty when you have so much work waiting for you on your computer. Yeah. But you can't like, it's just, it's not healthy to let it overwhelm you. Like you have to take time off just like anybody else does at a normal nine to five. They go mm-hmm. home and, you know, take their shoes off and watch TV because they're tired from the day. Like, I, I got to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's that's really cool that you've become aware of that and have some tools for that. And it seems like you're doing a really good job of striking that balance. And that is that's just really cool. I think it's a it's good. It's helpful and it's inspirational. Mm-hmm. Um well, there's a few more things that I have some questions about, but I definitely want to take some time and talk about some of your favorite shoots. And, you know, we were chatting before we started recording about a series you did about women empowerment or women's empowerment. Um, would you mind sharing a little bit about that project? kind of what those shoots were like, um, you know, the purpose behind it or, or what that kind of meant for you. Yeah. So I started that series um, in 2020. So in the middle of COVID, uh, work was very slow. I was feeling kind of confused on where my business was at and if I was growing or if I was like at a standstill. I didn't feel like my work really had meaning behind it. Um, So I wanted to create something that I know could help a bunch of people out there the way it was helping me. I don't know if that made sense, but Mm -hmm. like I said, it was COVID. So there wasn't much going on. And um, I was thinking, I was like, what do I struggle with? What have I struggled with in the past? And what do other people, like, what can they relate to that would help them? And so I started this series and I did it in the, in my backyard. I put up a white sheet on a stand and I asked my friends to come model for me mm-hmm. and I uh, photographed them almost nude. They weren't completely nude, mm-hmm. uh, but they were topless, only had bottoms on and I photographed all of their imperfections or all of the parts of them that they were insecure about or that they hated or that they felt like people didn't like about them. And um, I wanted the meaning of those to be basically like women saying like, fuck you to the world and standing up for ourselves and letting it be known that we are perfect the way that we are like Mm. we can't let society tell us what we need to look like what we need to dress like what we need to do as women Mm -hmm. Uh, we don't need to be following any sort of I don't know like I just was tired of being told what I need to be doing and Mm -hmm. so I was like let's do a photo shoot and let's make people uncomfortable so (laughs) We did that and it was with my two best friends and I, Mm -hmm. and, um, I photographed them and then I posted it on social media and people went crazy. Um, and I got hate for it and I got love for it. Really? And the hate is what drove me to keep doing it. Cause I was like, okay, it's making people uncomfortable. Let's continue to make them uncomfortable and let's show why I'm doing this. So Mm-hmm. I photographed women from all different sizes, backgrounds, um, just a variety of different women. And at first, it was just a project that I was doing for myself and for, I don't know, to kind of 
start feeling like my work was meaningful mm-hmm. and it blew up into this big thing that like women were coming to me telling me their stories and telling me how much they can relate to these other women in these photographs and like how happy they were to know that they weren't the only ones struggling in that uh, way. And so I knew that at the end of the project, I wanted myself, like I wanted to be the last model Mm. um, because I'm out here telling these women to love themselves and be confident and accept themselves when I wasn't doing that at the same time. So I was the very last model. And I decided to write words all over my body, um, words that I have been called and that I've called myself. And so I, Oscar took some of the pictures and then I, some of them were also taken on my tripod, but I had the words written all over me. So I got that photographed and then I would, I started wiping the words away as a, like, I'm not, I'm not accepting that anymore. Like I'm not taking those words from anyone or myself anymore. Um, and so this project became like this thing that people were just relating to and loving. And then eventually I kept, I kept, until this day, I am still getting clients asking for those type of shoots Mm. and, um, the stories that I've heard from these women have been incredible. They've been deep. They've been. They've been a lot, but knowing that I've been able to help them heal or grow um, through their journey is just the best thing ever. Like, I, I don't even know how yeah. to explain it. But yeah, I, so that I did that. That is my favorite thing that I've done till this day. Wow. I think it will always be my favorite thing. Um, I did a whole rebranding last year. And I am now focusing on woman empowerment shoots um, so that I can continue to help women out there tell their stories and be heard and overcome whatever it is that like the path that they're on. But yeah, sorry, that was like a long explanation. (laughs) No, that's that's amazing. That's that's amazing. And and for those of you listening I, I definitely recommend checking out the photography and the photos that came out of that shoot. Um, you know, and I, I remember seeing them and I, I didn't know you were receiving hate and the love that you ended up receiving for these. But as, you know, just a spectator, I got to see these pop up on my feed and, and see, you know, the beautiful photography for one, but hearing the story behind it and how meaningful this was for people is and, and women specifically is is amazing and so you know that is just a awesome story about how you can use what you're good at and what you're passionate about and what you want to do to help improve the world and improve the lives of other people and this shoot and this concept that you've done is really made a mark and made an impact and improved people's lives. And so that is just an amazing story. And I can't wait to see the things that you end up doing from that and carrying that message further and empowering more women. I think that is just so amazing. Um, You know, it sounds like you have kind of taken some of that feedback, it said, he said people were, were pissed off or, or angry and that, that kind of motivated you a little bit more, you know, I've kind of got two questions and it's one, what does it feel like and how, how does it feel to have people kind of saying negative things about your work and, and then kind of, how did you, how did you manage to to handle that and kind of turn that into inspiration to do more of it. And then two, this can be answered maybe in a minute is, do you have any other ideas or things you're really motivated by or ideas or or messages to work with and shoots and concepts going forward? Um, so with the hate one, um, 
I, it wasn't like hate. I, I don't know. I didn't take it personal. I didn't care for it really. Like I knew that I was doing it right because it was making people uncomfortable. So like mm-hmm. it wasn't anything like hate towards me. And I knew that like, it wasn't my work. It was just like, you shouldn't be posting that or like, mm-hmm. you know, like women shouldn't be showing skin. Like, Oh, just because they're skinny is why they're doing this. Like, how are they insecure because they're skinny? Like, it's not possible. It's like, mm. Mm. everyone has insecurities. It doesn't matter what they look like. Everyone deals with things. And so it was stuff like that, that like, it was never anything like super like hurtful towards me. Mm-hmm. It was just like the concept. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah to prove your point. And like, mm-hmm. I remember the very first comment that I had was that like, well, she's skinny, so she can't be struggling. And so then I photographed like a bigger girl and I was like, okay, well, like, you know, like, and then I mm-hmm. photographed someone who was very, very tiny. And I'm like, she still has insecurities. Like your point is invalid. Like it doesn't make sense. Yeah. Um, but your other question, mm-hmm. um, At this moment, there's nothing specific that I'm like wanting to do. Mm -hmm. Um, I did kind of try or I did kind of do um, shoots uh, to support the LGBTQ plus community. Um, So I'm still continuing to do that. Um, And then I also did um, a shoot for uh, Black Lives Matter. I got some of my friends and we did a similar style shoot where it was just like a plain backdrop with them showing their skin and showing their natural beauty. Um, So I've kind of done more, um, but at this moment, I'm not like working on anything specific, but who knows? I might be in the future. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like um, at least for this current shoot, and I guess this is a a question I can ask and um, is what was you know, the original idea, and and you might have uh, explained this, but when you were thinking of this kind of an empowering women shoot, you know, was there kind of a a thought or a message that you ended up saying, hey, I want to, I want to make some sort of shoot or art that helped share this message? Did that kind of come first? Or did you see this issue and want to solve it through photography or kind of what was the spark that led you to starting, you know, this, this photography shoot, uh, that ended up snowballing into something bigger, but do you remember kind of the initial idea that, that came? It was because of me, I was struggling myself and accepting these parts of myself and learning to love myself and being okay with, the changes that my body was going through. I don't look the same. I didn't look the same as I did in high school or as I did in middle school. And Mm -hmm. I was struggling mentally and I would have these conversations with my friends. And I was, I remember I was just like, I want like what helps me get out of these feelings. And it's always been photography. Like I've always like, If I'm feeling down, if I'm having a bad day, as soon as I get to a shoot and I start shooting, my mood is instantly better. And so during COVID, you know, everybody was struggling. Everybody was having a hard time in different ways. But I was like, I just miss shooting. I haven't been shooting in a while. Like I need to do something. But what can I do that will also help me with what I'm currently struggling with? And so I was having these conversations with my friends and they were like, well, we struggle with this. Like, like, isn't it crazy? Like we all struggle with things and, um, it doesn't matter what we look like or if we fit what society says is the beauty standard. Like it doesn't matter. We're still struggling with these things. And that's when I was like, should we just do a shoot? Like, should we just like, I don't know, like, let's photograph this. Let's tell the story because we can't be the only ones who feel like this. Yeah. That's, that's, that's amazing and, and really powerful. And, you know, hearing how this was a challenge in your own life, in your own mind, and learning how this is, you know, also a challenge for other people, and taking your own personal challenge, 
and figuring out how to you know address it in your own life and then spread that message through your art to others and and empower other people and other women um it's amazing work that you've done and it's really cool to see the the positive impact that is made and i sure i i it sounds like you don't have anything up your sleeve at the moment but i imagine (laughs) that one day that inspiration will will strike again and and that you'll you'll create some more incredible work um but thank you for sharing. I, I know it's a lot of personal stuff, so I really appreciate that. And I know people listening will get a lot out of that story. So thank you a ton. Um, I know we are coming up on kind of the hour mark. Uh, so I've got just a couple questions left to, to okay. start asking you. Um, the first would be, you know, where do you see, you know, how are you relating to your photography business now? It sounds like you've got a good process um, that, you know, things are up and running. Do you see yourself running this business and doing photography for the rest of your life or at least taking it a couple of years? You know, how do you, how do you kind of see the evolution of your photography business now that you've been doing it for a couple of years? Um, that's also a great question. I think about that a lot. Yes, I see myself doing it for as long as I can. Um, I don't see anything happening that will change my mind on it. Um, So I don't, I think I will eventually venture off into different um, parts of like photography. Mm -hmm. So I won't, I probably won't necessarily be shooting a whole lot. Um, I think eventually I would like to get into uh, some type of like mentoring, mentoring new photographers, um, or other people out there who want to get into it. Um, I haven't yet. I get asked a lot if I have any sort of like, uh, packages or anything like that. Not yet. I haven't Mm -hmm. stepped into that field, but I think eventually I will. Um, because, like I said, the, the human interaction is what I love the most and meeting other people who are passionate about the same thing and enjoy doing the same thing is really awesome. And so if I can give any other, like any sort of knowledge or tips or tricks or anything to other people out there, I think that that is what I can do in the future. Mm -hmm. Uh, But for now, I do see myself staying in the industry for a while longer um, and then like slowly venturing out to other parts of photography. Yeah. Once, once you become a, a wise master teaching everyone else (laughs) your secrets and empowering more photographers and and women and people like that's, that's amazing. Well, I'm so happy to hear that you're still loving this and still want to do that. And that, you know, photography is something that you have found and are talented at. And, you know, it seems like it's it's lighting your fire. And that is super inspirational. It's inspiring to me. I know it's inspiring to listeners. Um, as kind of a, a last set of questions, you know, for the people listening in, whether that's aspiring photographers or entrepreneurs or people that want to try something different but haven't made that leap of faith yet or you know even women that you would speak to in your empowering women series is is there anything you want to say to the people listening um (laughs) um, it's a it's a lot i'm sorry (laughs) i asked i gave you a lot of groups to respond to my bad oh no you're okay um I guess if somebody is struggling whether or not they should make the leap to just go after what they're passionate about, just do it. Like there's what, what is the worst thing that could happen if you do Mm -hmm. it? And, um, I think a lot of people are scared of failure, uh, which is, yes, like failure is scary, but you never know if you never try. And that is one thing that I had to keep telling myself when I decided, like I would talk myself out of quitting my job and Mm -hmm. 
I didn't feel like I had all the support from every person that I needed. But at the end of the day, you don't need all of that support. You just need your own. Um, you have to have faith in yourself that it's going to work out and just try it. Like if it doesn't work out, you can go back, you can find another job. You can, you know, there are options. There are different things that you can do. Um, but don't let fear be the one thing that's holding you back from doing exactly what you want to do. Um, and to all the women out there, uh, you are enough and you are beautiful and you are perfect just the way you are. And do not let anybody tell you otherwise. Don't let society tell you otherwise. Don't let social media tell you otherwise. Celebrities, like, don't listen to any of that. You are enough just the way that you are. Perfect. That, you know, I, I can't think of a better place to wrap things up. Liz, thank you so much time for sharing this conversation with me today and sharing it with the people who are listening. Your story is inspiring to me. It's inspiring to others. I can't wait to see future shoots and what you end up doing. Um, and know that one day you're going to pass the baton and, and go from the expert photographer to the person that is teaching others, inspiring others. Um, well, Liz is, um, you know, you gave some last, uh, some great last words to the audience. Is there a way, um, and we can include these in the show's description, but is there a good way for people to find your work or a place you'd like to, to kind of direct people to? Yeah. So my Instagram, um, it is E S A L A Z zero five. Um, funny thing. That's actually, that used to be like my school ID and I just never changed <laughs> it. Like I just kept it. I just, I have kept it. Um, but that is my Instagram handle. Uh, website is Elizabeth Salazar and on Facebook as well. Um, and those are mainly the three platforms that I use. I don't really use anything else. Um, but yeah, you can just go check me out there. Perfect. Perfect. And once again, we'll have those in the show's description. Um, but Liz, thank you so much for taking the time to, to talk with me today. And in the words of Liz, you are perfect just the way you are. And don't let fear hold you back from doing what you're meant to do. Thank you, everybody, for listening and have a great day. Thank you.